members, and we want to welcome everybody here this morning. We want to bless you. We believe Jesus has something really good for you this morning, and so we're super excited, and we're going to talk about servitude this morning. Jesus has created his church to be a family. Did you know that? We're a family. We are the family of God. We are brothers and sisters, and we're created to connect with each other. We're a family that serves him. We serve our father by serving one another. So just say that with me. We serve Jesus by serving each other. It's one of the ways we serve God is we serve God by serving each other. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus says this. Jesus calls his disciples to himself, and he says this. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles, that would be the non-believer, they lord their power over each other. So they use their power to control each other. They use their power to dictate to each other. They use their power for self-indulgence and for self-exaltation. And they exercise great authority over those who rule. And But Jesus said to his disciples, yet it shall not be so among you. So I want you to say that. It shall not be so among us. That's right. I got one of you. That's all good. That's good. It shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great, you must become a servant. And whoever desires to become first, let them become a doulas, which means bound to serving. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus is saying, listen, my kingdom is not like this kingdom. My world is not like this world. This world has fallen into narcissism and selfishness. Everything about this world is selfish. Everything about this world is self-seeking. Right? With every single thing. People seek their own. God's kingdom is not that way. You say, well, why is this world this way? This world is this way because it's fallen. When, God, when man fell, he went from the worship of God to the worship of himself. And so one of the roots of our sin is narcissism. It's all about me. It's all about my feelings and what I want and what I feel and what I think. That's sin. Anything that directs itself back towards you is sinful. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Right? We find our purpose in him. The desires of your heart are found in him and through him. The destiny of your life is found in him and through him. But we're not used to that. We're conditioned. We're, we, we grow up in a world that's not like that. We grow up in a world that's completely the opposite of that. It's all about us. You deserve a break today. Yeah. Just do it. You know, all these different things that are just are all glorifications of the self. Jesus is trying to get us across to us is that his kingdom is about servitude. Servitude. This is a very important thing. It's the, actually one of the foundations of the kingdom. It's one of the baselines of kingdom. We want kingdom ministry when we're in kingdom into the earth. It's about servitude. Jesus said, it shall not be so among you. What he's telling them is like, look, the Gentiles have a lot of power. And I'm about to endow you with a lot of power. I'm about to give you a lot of power, a lot of influence, a lot of ability. It's coming your way. And as it comes your way, you are not to operate the way the Lord operates. If you hold a position, you're to use that position to serve. If you hold that, if you hold a position, that, that's the, the bottom line is the higher you go up in the kingdom of God, the lower you go down. That's, just, that's the way the church is supposed to be structured. I should be the chief servant. What's my job? To get beneath you and raise you up. To get beneath you and empower you and raise you to the level that God has called you to be. 
And then you in turn doing that to others. That's the whole point. The church, the, the church doesn't exist as a self-serving entity, right? We, we, we create Americanized churches a lot of times that are based upon narcissistic behaviors and are not based upon kingdom behaviors. Our churches are, are based, they're based on a culture where it's all about the leader and the people exist to serve the leader. The leader's important. I'm very important, right? I have to lead this thing, but I'm not leading this thing back towards myself. I'm leading this thing towards him. And what does Jesus want? He wants his people fed. Do you love me, Peter? Then feed these, right? This is what I want. You want to lead? You want to be great? Well, this is what I want. I want you to take the least of these and, and work with me to make those the greatest of these. And then I want you to teach them to replicate themselves so that they too become those who get beneath the least of these and make them the greatest of these. It's all about servitude. All about servitude. It's one of the foundational principles. Jesus said, listen, the power that I'm giving you is not about you. The ability that I'm giving you is not about you. The calling that I'm giving you is not about you. It's not about you. He said, if you want to be great, then, then become a servant. And whoever desires to be first, let them become a doulas. That word literally means bound to serve. I am bound in my life to be a servant. Why? You want to be great in the kingdom of God? Oh, my gosh. Serve. What is esteemed of men is despised of God. And what is despised of God is esteemed of men. Ego is despised of God. Proud look. Read Proverbs. Seven things the Lord hates. Number one on the list is a proud look. Number two is a lying tongue. <laughs> Ego is exalted in our culture. Ego is not exalted in the kingdom. You know? And so what is, what is servitude is, is an absence of an ego. It's a willingness to lay your life down in order to benefit other people, to serve other people. And Jesus said, listen, I did it. I'm the model. So do you want to look at servitude? He goes, look at me. The king of glory, you can't get any higher than Jesus. You can't get any higher. There's no one with more authority and more dominion than him. And he took the lowest position of all. And the Lord said, there's no higher authority than me. And I, gave my, I lowered myself beneath you to lift you. And you need to do the same. That's the model of the Christian. That's the mo it doesn't mean we're doormats and everybody wipes their feet on us. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that you use your authority to serve. That's what he's saying. And he said, I'm the model. We're all called to serve. It's the Greek word, ek kaleo, which is the summons. So when God uses this word, he uses this word kaleo in different versions. It's used in the scripture. And one of them is, is um, called to call out. Another one is in the context of being summoned. And then there's another one that says, I'm giving you the option. In this version, he's summoning us. Our king is summoning us to be servants. This is what he's doing. Servitude, we are all called to serve. So Jesus is saying, I'm summoning you. You want, to see, you want to be great in my kingdom? You want to be a part of my kingdom? You want to grow in my kingdom? You want to have a greater inheritance in my kingdom? Become a servant. We are all called to serve. Servitude with me. Servitude. servitude. I'm not even like serving, man. I don't want to serve, man. Servitude. servitude begins in the church. Galatians says, let us not be weary in our grew doing, for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. So he tells us that. And he says, because nothing that we do can fail. This is what he's saying. If we do what is right and we do what is good and we stay at it, we're going to get a harvest. And he says, because this is true, therefore, that is a truth, therefore, carry on. 
Let us step into the favorable moment and do good to all. Ergonzomai, let us demonstrate with labor and effort the agathos, the excellence of the good word, inward working of God's goodness, especially to the household of faith. That's what it means in the Greek. So what these words mean in the Greek, right? It says, let us step in, let us, it says, as, as often as we can or when opportunity presents. That's how it's translated in English. In the Greek, it's the Greek word karyon. It's rooted in the word kairos, which means now, moment of change, same root word. And karyon means step into the favorable moment. It means, what is the favorable moment? Step into the favorable moment of opportunity to serve. Take on the favorable moment of the opportunity to serve. And let us do good in servitude. Let us, and it says not just do good, it uses this word. When it says do good, it's this Greek word ergazomai, which is the word ergos, which is exert, or, or not exert, but work. But it means to work with demonstrated labor and effort. And then when it says do good, it's the Greek word agathos. It doesn't mean just be do good. Hey, let me wash your car. Let me do something. Let me do you a favor. It's not what it's saying. Agathos is the goodness of God. And it's literally, the, it's framed by the inward goodness of God. Let us demonstrate the inward goodness of God towards one another. Step into the favorable moment and let us demonstrate the inward goodness of God towards one another. Especially to the household of faith. This is the very, the church is the very center point of everything Jesus is doing. Jesus is not doing anything outside of the church. Everything he's doing is through the church. He's doing missionary works, pastor, through the church. He's doing ministries in the communities through the church. These ministries don't exist without the church. They don't. World vision doesn't exist without the church. Feed the poor doesn't exist without the church. Every, these, these are these, quote, paraministries don't exist. The church is at the center of everything Jesus is doing. And if we understand that, if we understand that the church, the assembly, the gathering is at the center of everything Jesus is doing, then the church should matter to us. The church should come a little bit higher on our list of priorities as things that matter. Say it with me. If it matters to Jesus, it better matter to me. Right? It matters to the Lord. Yeah? And if it matters to the Lord, then it should matter to us. Our heart is to be his heart. His heart is to be our heart. It's, it's, you know, we're like, oh, we're the universal church. No, Christian, you're called to commit and you're called to, co you're called to commit and connect to a local church. You're called to commit and connect to a local church, a community where you are known and where you are being known. That's what it's all about. It's not Sunday, come and come to meet and we all come and go, come and go. And nobody really knows each other. The way that we really, if you really want to know what church is, we all know you're good, bad, and ugly, and we love you just the same. That's what real church is. You know my good, bad, and ugly, and you love me. We're like, well, I don't know about that, Pastor. You know, I like pastors that don't have any issues. Well, you better go to heaven because there is no such thing. Eh? Every single person has issues, and we're a community of broken people, and we're loving and accepting, right? We're tolerant doesn't mean we agree with each other on everything, but we love each other and we're connected to each other. We're not fakes and frauds. People say the church is full of hypocrites. I'm like, yep, and there's room for one more. Come on down. Right? Come on down. We, you know, it's not, it's not about trying to hide your contradictions. The issues are what the issues are. And we love each other just the same. That's God's family. Jesus knows your issues and he still loves you. People think you're hiding stuff. You can cut your hair and wear a tie and get all 
swiffy tight on Sunday morning and act like you don't have issues. Jesus knows your issues and he loves you just the same. So who are you fooling? Who are you fooling? This is what a family is, is that we are connected to one another. We're not easily offended by each other. That's a big one. Not easily offended. We love each other just the same. We're willing to serve just the same. Those people make me impatient. Serve them. Those people hurt me. Serve them. Those people offend me. Serve them. That's what it's all about. Servitude is this paramount thing in the kingdom of God. So therefore, because this is true, no matter what we do, if we operate in the goodness of God and we do what the Lord is telling us, we're going to reap a harvest if we don't quit. Because this is true, let us do it even more. And let's demonstrate it with acts of service. Let me just say this. I can't do everything, but I can do something. That's what Ministry Rally is all about. We want to try to help you get engaged within the work and the life of the church. We want you to be a part of the church, right? We want you to connect. Servitude in the kingdom begins in the church. It begins in the church. It's true. Jesus said the least you could have done was entrusted what I gave you with the stewards. That's what he did to the parable of the talents. He said the very minimum thing you could have done was entrusted it with the stewards of my house in my church. That way I would have interest when I come. People want to talk about calling and destiny. Calling and destiny begins with servitude in the church. We serve the church. Now I'm going to talk about that. We don't serve the church because we're serving. We're not. Listen, I'll give you some keys. I'll, I'll talk about it in a minute. And, and I'll, I'll try to break it down for you a little bit. Destiny and calling comes through servitude. I did. Any, I just did. I just wanted to serve. I didn't really care. Nobody even asked me. I take the trash out. Like, you need trash? I'll take, 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 take trash out. You know? And I start taking the trash out, and I should be telling people about Jesus. Man, isn't Jesus awesome? Jesus is amazing. Oh, he's awesome. He's amazing. I'm be running a vacuum cleaner. Man, if you guys, hey, man, you guys want to talk about Jesus? You know? Destiny and calling emerged from my life through servitude. When it becomes less of you, it becomes more about him. And when it becomes more about him, more of him comes forward in your life. Serving honors Jesus. We don't wait. We don't do it for people. Say it with me. This is going to hurt. This is going to hurt. Ready? It's going to hurt. But you're going to help. I'm going to help you. Say it with me. Servitude is not about people. It's about Jesus. You're not serving because of people. If you're serving because of people, you are going to be offended. If you are serving because of people, you are going to be let down. Because we're an offensive breed, man. We're offensive. We offend ourselves. I do things and I'm offended by what I just did. I'm like, that offends me. You know, but I can't get away from me because I just offended me. So where am I going to go? I got me running around with me. But you can't serve because of people. You don't serve the people. You serve Jesus. So that's what the message to Peter was. Do you love me, Peter? Take care of these. Don't do it for them. Do it for me. You don't do it for the person. You're not having this love and this experience towards people. You're just like, I just want to love people. Yeah? Well, give yourself a few weeks, and then you're going to end those same people that you love, you're going to end up hating. Because they're going to get on your nerves. They're going to offend you. They're going to upset you. The same person you didn't want to, you couldn't spend enough time with, now you don't want to spend any time with them at all. Because we're broken people. We don't do it for 
this is the perspective of all of our lives, but it definitely, <laughs> it definitely applies to ministry or to servitude. Servitude is a ministry. We're all called to be involved in ministry. One of the easiest ways you can get involved in ministry is by participating in the ministry of the church. When I was, I mean, I was at, when I was at a church and I, I was made to do, I was the guy, I was, what's that guy's name that does dirty jobs? What's that guy's name? Yeah, there you go. That guy, Mike Lowe. I was, I was the dirty jobs guy. If there was a dirty job in the church, I got it. It was me. Everybody else was too above it. They were, you know, oh, no, oh, well, I'm not doing it. Oh, I'm not doing that. I'd always do it. I'd always be the one that did it. And what ended up happening when I ended up having to do jobs that I didn't want to do all the time, I had to confront my ego, right, my pride. I had to confront a lot of issues with myself. And then at the same time, I knew nobody here was watching me. But I know Jesus is watching me. The Bible says, mark the faithful man. Mark the faithful. God, so they're not worried about people seeing your acts of service. What you want is you want the Lord to see it. And he always sees. He always sees. And promotion is related to our servitude. I had a guy in ministry one time when I first started going into ministries years ago. He looks at me. And this guy was planting a church in the Northeast. And he just had, he just got, he just, you know, he'd been beat up, Right. If you're going to be a pastor, you got to take a punch, right? Particularly if you're a church planter. If you're working for a denomination, you're just a corporate guy. These guys that work for denominations, they, they're just hired. They get hired in, so it's a job, and then they, that's why they're, the pastor is just there to do a job. He does his job, he goes home. He does his eight, he heads for the gate. That's pretty much it, right? But if you're going to be a pastor, like a church planter, which is what this church is, it's an organic planting of the Lord, you have to be able to take a punch, <laughs> you got to be an MMA guy because you're going to get punched. You want to be in you want to be in leadership in ministry, Christian. So we can talk about servitude. But but what ultimately what will happen when you start serving is you'll start feeling God drawing you even higher. He'll start wanting to draw you higher. If you're listening, he'll want to take you further. But if you can't take a punch and you're easily offended, you're never going to go higher. If you get easily offended, you're not going higher. If people annoy you and offend you and you push away and you quit and you quit on the community, you quit on the job, you quit on the this, you quit on the that because someone hurt your feelings, someone offended you, you're never going to succeed. Do you know how many times I was offended? Do you know how many times I've been rejected by my leaders, betrayed by my leaders? And I'd ask the Lord and he'd say, stay right where you are. Keep right on going. I didn't betray you. I didn't do that to you. And I'd have to endure it. Say, why would God make you do that? Because he's going to crucify your ego. It's our biggest problem. It's probably our biggest barrier to servitude and our biggest barrier to ministry is ego. That's the very thing Jesus wants to crucify. Your self-will. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. It doesn't matter if you're hurt. It doesn't matter if you're hurt. You're crucified with Christ and you no longer live. In the life that I now live, he lives through me. And he gets the glory. I'm a servant. I'm a dead man. What does it matter? I'm not doing it for the people anyway. I don't do it for their praise. I do it for the Lord's honor. And when you have that perspective, it, puts, it makes everything intolerable. <laughs> it makes everything endurable. I had a guy one time, he looked at me and he was getting his butt kicked, man. Uh, planting his church and he looked at me. I said, so what have we learned? What have you, you learned? You know, I don't know what question I was asking, but I said, man, so what's God been showing you? And he said, God's been showing me 
that if I look, if I keep my eyes on the people I'm ministering to, I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be offended. That's what he told me. I never forgot that. That was decades ago. If you keep your, if you keep your eyes upon your brothers and sisters and you're worried about everybody else's behavior towards you, particularly in the family of God, you're going to be offended. We love one another. We serve one another, not because the other person is deserving of it. <laughs> we don't do it because they earned it. We don't do it because they deserve it. We do it because we're supposed to. We do it anyway. And you're going to get hurt feelings. You're going to get offended. You're going to serve in a ministry and someone's going to offend you. Oh my gosh. I can't believe they expect me to show up 10 minutes early. I can't believe that. I can't believe they corrected me because I canceled five times. I can't believe that. You're going to get offended. You're going to get offended. You're going to get hurt. You're going to be asked to do things that you probably don't want to do. But that's welcome to the family. Welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome to the next level, Christian. You're common. Most of the church stays in common. They're attenders. They're, com they're, they're, com they're, they're consumers, not communers. They come to just heap into themselves everything that they can. And that's part of it. But you're supposed to give out what you receive. Freely you've received, freely you give, right? So we're supposed to not just sit there and just, you know, hose me, pastor. Just, just let me have everything. You, let me, you know, just take everything and just draw everything from the church itself and not give anything back to it in any way. We're not just called to, to support the church materially. We're called to support the church with prayer and we're called to support the church with servitude. Why? Because it matters to Jesus, it may not matter to you. It doesn't matter if the church matters to you. If the church doesn't matter to you, that is completely irrelevant. What is relevant is that it matters to Jesus. And if the church matters to Jesus, you need to give yourself a few high karates, smack yourself around a little bit, and tell you, this needs to matter to you, Kevin, because it matters to the Lord. And if it doesn't, if it matters to the Lord and it doesn't matter to you, then you need to do some self-examination. You need to do some inward work in your own life. You need to confront yourself, A, on your immaturity, and then you need to confront yourself on your untransformed mind. We're called to transform and become like Christ. Well, it doesn't matter to me. It's not about you. This is what we don't get. It's not about you. It has nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. In giving towards him, we become all that we are, right? In losing our lives, we find it. We lay our lives down and we find it, right? We give our life. Anyone wants to keep his life, they'll lose it. But if you give your life away for my sake, you find it. That's not just salvation. We do that in salvation. We give our lives away and then life comes to us. Wow, where'd that come from? It comes from what Jesus said would happen. It's the same thing in servitude. When you give your life away in servitude, in the right attitude, you're not doing it for people. You're not doing it for people. We, I serve the church because Jesus wants the church served. I serve people because Jesus wants the people served. That is the right perspective. Any other perspective, Christian, and you're going to get offended. You're going to get feel, your feelings hurt. <laughs> Just telling you. But you're called to maturity. 
Most the church is infantile in the 21st century. And one of the reasons we are is we don't understand basic things. Right? If we look at the church as a whole, the community of the body of Christ that's 2,000 plus years old, this is the best we can do. 2,000 years into the inbreaking of the kingdom, and this is the best we can do. What exactly are we missing? These are the questions we have to ask ourselves. What are we missing? It's not about, it's a, what, we, what we do is we create churches that are entertainment centric. I know it's going to offend people. <gasps> I like the entertainment, Pastor. Yeah, so do I. I'm all into production value. I like skinny jeans, smoke machines. I want some dancers. I was actually thinking the other day, that'd be great if we had a bigger stage, bigger area, and we do dance. I mean, it's just because we want to worship more. I'm into putting, I'm, in, I'm into all that. I'm into doing as much as, uh, you know, as much as we can. But if there's no substance behind it, it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, it's just emptiness. It's emptiness. And what it really produces is anemic Christians. Anemic. Can't even get the fork up to their mouth, right? Remember the show Wally? Anybody out there watch the show Wally? Remember Wally? Right? Remember those people sitting on loungers all day long? Couldn't even get up off the lounger because everything was done for them. That's the church. Everything's done for you. Oh, I think I'm going to try the strawberry today. And they get a cup, cup comes out, they drink it. Riding around on a lounger, looking at a screen all day. Around a lounger. They actually had to get up and move. They couldn't because they'd been, everything had been done for them. <laughs> Bones were weak. They'd stand up and they'd start fracturing. We, can't, we wonder why we can't endure the heat of the day because everything's done for us. We have to become servants. We're not designed to have it all done for us. It's not a, it's not a spectator sport. We're called to participate in this kingdom. We're called to participate in this gospel. We're called to be a part of his house and a functioning part of his house. This is what he tells us to do. Serve the body, right? So serving honors Jesus. That's number one. Number two, serving builds up the body. Builds it up. For we are one body in this body. The bo Jesus has created us as a body. You say, I don't matter. You totally matter. You totally matter. I'll show you how Jesus prioritized the weaker over the more powerful. He, pr he prioritizes, he's going to tell us here, for the body is made up of many members. Just he's talking about our physical body. And all the members of the body, though are many parts of the body, they are one. So it is with Christ. That's us. In one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Jews, Greeks, slaves, red, black, white, yellow, green, we're all one. All were made to drink of one spirit, unified. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, I'm not a hand, therefore I'm not important, that would, make, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But God has arranged us as members in the body, each one of them, as he has chosen. If, we, it, it, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is that we are many parts, yet we are one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head can say to the feet, I don't need you. How would I get a sandwich? Hey, I want a, I want a sandwich. Well, grow some feet, bro, and go get it yourself. Anyway, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker 
are the indispensable parts of the body. And those on the body that we think have no honor, we bestow the greatest honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with modesty, which is our more presentable parts do not require. But God has composed the body, and he gives greater honor to the part of the body that is weak or that is lacking. That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care one for the other. In other words, you matter. You matter. Doesn't matter what you be, you know, as you're a part of this body and you're part of this church, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You say, well, it doesn't really matter if I run the greater counter. Yeah, it matters. Yeah, it matters. It doesn't matter if I show up and make coffee. Yeah, it matters. It doesn't matter if I if I if I develop myself and get in the prayer team. Yeah, it matters. All of these things matter. And God is saying, doesn't matter if I serve the children. What am I really doing? You're, you're doing a lot. That's right. That's right. Threw that in there for you. <laughs> exactly. We're all members and we all matter. There's no work insignificant. And on Sunday morning, Jesus was probably honoring. He's like, well, great sermon, Kevin. Did you see the guy who took the trash out? Did you see that? See that? See that guy? You know? <laughs> How about those children's ministers? You know, Kevin, no, that was great word. The Lord has honored me for the word. And if you want the truth, he's honored me by giving me the position. But he bestows a greater honor upon those who serve in the lesser areas. Those that are unseen is the one he, that's just what he does. It's what he does. Uh, serving qualifies you. So it honors Jesus. It builds up the body. This is how we become strong. Qualifies us for greater things. If you want greater things, whether in this world or if you want greater things in his kingdom, if you cannot demonstrate servitude in God's eyes, obedience, faithfulness, and servitude, those are the foundational things that qualify you for greater things. If you cannot demonstrate those things, you are disqualified before you even start. Right? I don't believe that. Well, you need to believe it. There are standards for anything that you have to qualify for. You know, it's like we all want to be this. He's like, I want to be an astronaut. We have to qualify to be an astronaut. I mean, everything has a qualification standard to it that's of a higher level. And you have to meet the standards of qualification and before you can even enter the process. God doesn't put qualifications that we can't meet. Obedience, faithfulness, and servitude, all of us can do that. There's not a person in this room that can't do that. There's not a person watching online that can't do that. You can obey. Obedience is when you don't want to. Real simple. Obedience is not what you feel. <laughs> I don't feel like it. No, obedience is doing what is right and what you're supposed to when you don't want to. That's obedience. All right? Servitude and faithfulness. Second Timothy. Paul is telling Timothy the things that you've heard from me. So we have Christians, and I'm a pastor, and I have no problem investing in people. And often I get time like, I want you to teach me this, or I want you to develop me like this, or I want you to give me this, and I want you to this with me, and I want and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, okay, great. And this is what Paul is telling Timothy. Teach those, teach the people, teach others what you have heard from me among many witnesses. But don't, but commit these things that you've heard from me, this revelation, this understanding, this depth, this wealth of knowledge of kingdom issues that you have received, Timothy, give it only to the faithful so that they in turn can teach others. See, you see, the deeper things of the kingdom, the deeper things of God are not, are there, there's plenty of stuff for everybody, but you want the deeper stuff, you want the more rich stuff, it requires faithfulness. 
It requires a faithfulness. That, that, that is what is required. Consistency over time. Servitude and consistency over time is what qualifies you as faithful. Timothy said, all this amazing stuff you've had, I want you to take other people and I want you to train them, equip them, empower them, enrich them so that they in turn can do that for other people. But make sure they're faithful. Make sure they're faithful. And people want to disciple me. And I'm like, well, I'm going to give you one thing. I said, you want to, you want to glean from me? I'm going to give you a word. It's called proximity. You need to be where I am and do what I do. Oh, no, pastor, I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, then you don't want that level. You don't want that level. Don't tell me you want what you want something, but you want me to adjust everything to you. That's not the way this works. You go where I go. You do what I do. You be where I be. And if I need you to do something, you do it. And if you don't want to do that, okay, that's fine. But you're, then you need to adjust your expectations because then this isn't for you. <laughs> Higher things are not for you. doesn't mean that there aren't things for you. It's just that everybody wants the download from the pastor. They want the download from the senior leader. I'm all in. I'm all in. I, was, I became part of a senior team. You know, and when you get close, you're going to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. You're going to see all the amazing stuff. You're going to see the weak. I have no issues talking about my weaknesses. I'll tell you about my weaknesses all day long. And I have a problem. You're like, well, it's overshare. TMI, Kevin. Too much information there. Whoa, hold on. Because I want you to understand that no matter where you go or whatever level you rise to, you're still going to struggle with areas of vulnerability. So if you think that by coming to other levels of servitude and greater issues are going to resolve your issues of vulnerability, it's not. You just become comfortable with your vulnerability. You know, doesn't mean I live out of my failures or my weaknesses. I deal with my weaknesses and my failures, but I'm always, you're always going to have vulnerability. You just get okay with it. You know, why? Because it doesn't matter. If you're vulnerable, people won't accept me. Jesus always accepts you. That's where your confidence comes from. Your confidence doesn't come from people. Your confidence comes from him. If you're looking for people to give you the confidence, man, you're missing it. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He's for you. You can't fail in his eyes. And when Jesus appoints you, he doesn't disappoint. Right? When God puts you in a position, he doesn't take it away. Gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He doesn't change his mind. Oftentimes he puts you in positions or he calls you into a place or summons you to a place that's way over your head. You don't know what you're doing. And where does it begin? It begins at, the, it begins at servitude. It begins at servitude. Some people showing up to do the greeters, it's like it's over their head. They're not used to getting up that early on Sunday morning. And they're certainly not used to getting here 10 minutes early, let alone sitting through the worship service. You know? So that's like, that's like whoa, I'm way over my head on this pastor. Yeah? You know, I'm talking about this. And th but th that's okay. It doesn't matter. That's just where you are. But what you need to know is whatever God is calling you to, you're going to be over your head and you're going to be inconvenienced. It qualifies you for other things. He says this to Timothy. He said, what you've received from me. Paul committed a lot to Timothy. And he told Timothy, now I want you to take what's been committed to you. And I want you to multiply that. But you cannot multiply this unless the people have those people have demonstrated faithfulness. And he says, but you must endure hardship as a good soldier. In other words, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Say we ministry is not easy. Yeah, when I, we say ministry, that's you, pastor. No, that's you. That's you. You know, what my job is apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers to equip the people to do what? Work the ministry. You are the ministers. 
You are the one who brings the light into the darkness. I fish with a pole, you fish with a net. Big difference. Collectively, we're a net. Collectively, we are way more powerful than fishing with a pole. I don't care how long you can throw that line out. The brother with the boat with a, with a net is going to catch more fish than the brother with a boat with a, with a pole. Right? They're going to accomplish more. They're going to achieve more. And so the, the people, you are the ministers. You have to see yourself as that. Ministers unto the Lord. You minister unto the Lord in the capacity by which he has given you. You say, I can't do all that. You can serve the church. That's the minimum standard. That's really where it's at. The, that's the min, this is the beginning. You know, people want badges and plaques because they serve the church. You've just gotten out of preschool. If you can't serve the church, you're not even in preschool. I mean, that's a fact. You know, you get into the church. What is it? The church is the minimum standard. It's the minimum. This is the house of the stewards. Well, God, bless God. I put the water out two weeks in a row. I don't see a plaque on the wall with my name on it. What's going on around here? Pastor didn't even thank me. I walked by him and I pointed at the water while I was carrying the case across. I'm like, hey, look, me, huh? Look at me. <laughs> we won an award, you know, for the, it's like, what? Jesus says this. It, you have to realize this is part of your kingdom lifestyle. This is who we are. The gospel is a lifestyle. The way the gospel and the kingdom activates is as we participate in a lifestyle, a garden begins to form around our life. A new environment begins to form around our life. A new atmosphere begins to change around our life because we're living it as a lifestyle. So that's something that we do. It's who we are, right? It's not a place that we go. It's a lifestyle that we live. Luke 16 says, If you have not been faithful in what belongs to another, how can I or anyone entrust you with what belongs to you? If you've not been faithful in servitude, then what gives you the right to even expect that anything can be entrusted to you? This is the way the kingdom works. Jesus rewarded the talents by what? The way they used them. The way they served with them. It wasn't a, it wasn't a you know, like, wow, you look so good or you're just amazing and you're just so intelligent. Let me award this to you. It wasn't the way it worked. They had to use them. They had to be faithful with them. They had to demonstrate it with them. And God is saying, like, look, you want something. God's not denying anything that you desire, anything that is, that is yours. But he says to you, if you will not be faithful in what does not belong to you, how will anybody give you something that does belong to you? We have to serve each other. We have to serve God's house. We have to serve God's purposes. Serving transforms you. Last point. And then you guys can go talk to the ministry rally people. Yeah. yeah. Diana's stoked, and I love it. Say it. Serving transforms me. Yeah. It's going to get down and dirty. It's going to get real painful right now. This is where the pain's going to come. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Why? Because you're dealing with yourself. You're dealing with yourself. Serving transforms you. So the Greek word metamorpho, to change from one state into another. Metamorphic. Butterflies is the image. Some, sometimes in the Bible, when they give you this thing, they give you word pictures. You know, theologically, they'll give you a word picture. The word picture for metamorpho is a chrysalis. We're butterflies coming out of this chrysalis. They struggle, don't they? Right? Butterfly gets in that cocoon. It's all nice and safe and warm. But when it's taking on its new form, it has to fight its way out. 
And if it doesn't fight its way out, it's, the blood doesn't go into its wings and it doesn't have the strength to fly. It's a struggle. Metamorphu. God is calling us to transform. And the struggle is not against outward circumstances as much as it is against yourself. You're going to struggle against you more than you are anybody else. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is he saying? Don't follow the world's cultural ways. It's not about you. Be transformed. Stop thinking. Transform your mind. Stop thinking that this is all about you. Stop thinking that life is me, myself, and I. It's not about you. Transform the way that you think. Let every thought and every filter in your life be, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. I tell myself this no less than five times a day. I probably say, I, can, I don't even, I should probably count how many, how many times I say it. Every time I say it. Especially when I have to do something I don't want to do. You know what I say? For your glory, Lord. I say it to myself all the time. There's no one in the room. My son will come in and go, you talking to yourself, Dad? And I'm like, no, I'm talking to Jesus. He's like, he goes, what were you saying? I said, I was telling the Lord, I'm doing it for his glory. <laughs> for your glory, Lord. For your glory. You have to change the way that you think. And you have to realize that everything in your life is not about you. It's about him. Every single thing. Your family's about you. Your, it's about him. Your money's about him. Your life is about him. Every, every part of you, your time, every single thing is about Jesus. Every single part of our life is that that's how we transform. The Bible is saying you've got to get this rooted and you've got to change your mentality. You have to stop thinking that it's all about you. That's Philippians. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ, who being God didn't consider his equality with God necessity to, to be held on to, but discarded it or set it aside and took on the form of a servant. And he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Servitude is humiliating. <laughs> servitude is painful. Right? It is. We glorify it. We put a Western shine on it, you know. It's not. It can be. But if you really want me to give it to you raw and give it to you in real time, it's gonna, you're going to feel a lot of negative emotions a lot of times when you're serving. You're going to feel like you don't want to do this. I'm sure Jesus is on the cross going, you know, I didn't, you know, it's like what in the world? We have to change the way that we think, and then the will of God comes to us. If you read that verse, he says, when you conform not to the pattern of selfishness of this world, but you conform to the pattern of servitude, which is the kingdom, and you change the way that you think, the will of God becomes revealed to you. That's what that verse is saying. We all want to know the will of God. We'll take on the will of a servant. You all want to know the will of God. We'll change the way that you think. Stop thinking it's about you. Start serving from a kingdom context, and the will of God will come to you. Change your perception. Uh, Galatians says, uh, though this Ephesians, Ephesians says you were dead in trespasses and sins when you follow the course of this world. You know, we don't follow the course of this world anymore. Galatians 5.13 says, brothers and sisters, we're called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge yourself. I'm free in Jesus. I'm free. It says, rather serve one another humbly through love. Agapeo, we serve to seek the highest good of another. So let me put servitude for you in real time. Say it with me. I am going to be inconvenienced. Mm -hmm. 
If you think you're going to serve and you're not going to be inconvenienced, you're kidding yourself. You are going to be inconvenienced. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you. You're going to be inconvenienced. You got to get up earlier. So I told my wife this morning, I don't want to go. She's like, you have to. I said, nobody there likes me. She's like, you're the pastor. You got to go. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you're going to be inconvenienced. That's all it is, is inconvenienced. Inconvenienced. Jesus fell asleep on a boat because he was inconvenienced. He sent the disciples ahead of him because he knew they couldn't stay longer. Jesus stayed because he was inconvenienced. He didn't do it because he wanted to. He did it because he, well, he, did it because he wanted to, but it was, it was, he was trying to help people. And it was inconvenient for him. Everything in our life, when we serve Jesus, it's inconvenient. It's inconvenient. American Western mentality is it's all about convenience. If it inconvenient, well, pff, no. No, 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 no. Don't encroach upon my time, pastor. No, no, God, no. No, 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 no. All for you, Jesus. We come out of worship things saying, I surrender all, all for you. And then when someone asks us to do something that's inconvenient, oh, no, 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 no. Weren't you, did, weren't you the guy with your hands up saying you surrendered all? Wasn't that you? I thought, did you mean that or did you not mean that? I mean, I don't know. It's going to be inconvenient. Servitude has to take a priority in your life. It has to matter. This community, this church should be alive with servitude. It should, we should be so eager to serve one another. And we should be so excited at what God is doing in each other's lives. It should be not a competition for the top, but to the bottom, because the lowest position is the highest in the kingdom. Servitude is where it's at. That's where it's at. So servitude, you're going to be inconvenienced. You got to make it a priority. You're going to have to make it a priority. You have to change the way that you think. You have to shift the priorities around in your life, right? Well, I come to church when I feel like it. Well, that's the wrong answer. I come to church when I have convenience of time. That's the wrong answer. That's the wrong answer. That's the westernized mentality. The, like what, you're, what the gospel commands us to do is we build our lives around him. And the greatest gathering point of him is Sunday morning. We're not called to just you, Jesus, in your Bible. We're called to assemble and be a part of one another's lives. This is what he wants. It's not what I want. It's not what I want. I'm an extrovert when I stand up here, but most of the time, you know, I'm outgoing in public places, but I, I, like, I like quiet time a lot more than I like uh, being outward. And truthfully, God loves people, so I love people. I serve, Jesus wants people served, so I serve people. And you need to have that same mind. This is what's going to inconvenience you. This is where it's going to be hard for you. You're like, I'm an introvert. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He didn't ask you. <laughs> This is, this, is, this is the point. This is when I say it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you you. It's going to cost you everything you think you were. Because again, it's the metamorpho. God is trying to bring something out of you that cannot come out any other way except through the struggle with yourself. The butterfly. Chrysalis. You're being convenience. You got to have it. You got to make it a priority. And ready? I want you to say this with me. I don't have to feel it. You don't have to feel it. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Oh, I know I signed up to serve in the kids today, and I know I'm a part of that ministry, but I'm just not feeling it today. I'm just not feeling it. He didn't ask you if you're feeling it. Yeah? Right? This is, this, guys, this is what discipleship looks like. Discipleship looks like this. 
We, this is what Jesus says, go into all the world and make what? What did he say? Disciples. Disciples. He didn't say converts. He didn't say attendants. He didn't say fans. He didn't say go into all the world and I need fans. Get me the biggest cheering audience you can possibly get me because that's what I want you to do. Get me some fans. He didn't say that. He didn't say go into all the world and make them converts and leave them the same. He didn't say that either. He said, make them servants under discipline. That's what disciple means. We serve and learn under and we discipline. Everybody say it with me. Discipline, which means you make yourself do the things you're supposed to do. Right? Discipline becomes love. We're motivated in the beginning by discipline. You ever watch new believers? They just do it out of love. That's how we're all supposed to be. They don't care. Remember, I was like lit up. I'm like, I don't care, man. I'm just going to do it. Nobody, I didn't have to make myself do things. I did it because I wanted to. Love was flowing in me. There's been many times in my life where I've had to make myself, and I still make myself, but you don't have to feel it. You don't have to feel it. So here's my question. What are we calling you towards? So what is it exactly that ministry rally, we're going to do it the next couple weeks, right? We're going to do this for the next couple weeks. What exactly are we calling you towards? We're asking you to come to the level of the minimum standard. All we're asking you to do is minimum standard. Minimum standard. <laughs> I was just reading how Oregon no longer has a minimum standard for high school graduation. <laughs> I'm like, how's that work? You know? I just drive by, wave, hey, I was in class today, and just drive by. There's no longer a qualifying standard to graduate high school in some of these states. I'm like, how does that, how do you even do that? There's a minimum standard. With a minimum standard of a disciple, read your Bible, pray, commit and connect to church, financially give and live on mission. That's what servitude's all about. It's commitment and connection to church. So what does it look like? We're asking you. We're asking you. Let Let me change the word asking. We're calling you. We're offering. We're kaleoing you. We're not asking. Because we don't want you doing anybody a favor. We want you serving Jesus. Well, I'm doing the pastor a favor by doing this. No, you're not doing me a favor. No, no, no. You're not doing me any favors. Please don't. Honor the Lord. Right? I don't, favor, favor isn't going to reward you, but honor will reward you. Right? Doing me a favor, hey, I'm grateful. Do me a God's a favor. I got a lot of favors. I can give, give you a list. Do me a lot of favors. I bless you. I'll pray for you in Jesus' name. But honor will always bring you the reward. We're asking you to commit and serve to two services a month. What? Two services. We do, what, eight? So that means we're asking you to attend one service and serve in another if the ministry needs it. Not every ministry needs that. Some ministries do need that. What does that mean? It's a total of four hours a month or 240 minutes of your time. We're asking you to give Jesus in an act of service 240 minutes out of an entire month for his glory. That's what we're asking you for. So we're asking you to do that. And then we're asking you to be accountable and to be faithful. Right? Everybody say it with me. Show up. Without excuses. Oh my gosh, do we have excuses, right? Excuses after excuses after excuses. Say this with me. Some people find excuses. Successful people find a way. If all you do is find excuses, you will never succeed. You'll never succeed. Dog ate my homework. 
Oh, man, I had a dentist appointment. Sorry, I couldn't take the exam. Well, you know, I mean, it's like if you find excuses, you're never going to succeed. You have to find a way and not find excuses. You have to commit yourself towards it. Do it for Jesus. So here's my challenge to you. Here's my challenge. It's my challenge. Coming at you, right? Here's my challenge. My challenge is do what your flesh doesn't want to do. Do what your ego is going, I don't want to do that. Crucify that ego. Go right at that ego. Kill that ego. Do what your flesh wants to do least. I'll give you another one. Do something that you feel equipped for the least. Don't go after the low-hanging fruit. Let me challenge you to higher places. Go after the thing that nobody wants done. Or that, you know what I would ask? You know what I would ask? You know what I would ask? (laughs) I'd say, where's the greatest need? What do you need? What do you need? What is the greatest need? I'll I'll serve where you put me, but tell me what the greatest need is. What is the greatest need? We need this. Boom. Then that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Jesus is looking for people to stand in gaps. Jesus is looking for people who repair breaches. Jesus is looking for people who build up on foundations. That's what he's looking for. I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. And over and over again, God put me, this is where the need is. 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 And all along the way, I got better and better and better and better and better and better and better. So do what you do what your flesh doesn't want to do. <laughs> do what you can't feel least equipped for. Everybody take a deep breath and just say for the so like what's the term of commitment? I would say minimum six months. Six to twelve months. You should be serving regularly in the church for periods of time, between six to twelve months at a time. You can take a break, but just well, I served six months. That means I don't need to serve for the next six years. Who told you that? You should, exactly, you should serve here, then you should serve here, then you should serve here, you should serve here. You should move around if that's your gig. But you know, you need to serve. We need to be always active in being a participant in service. So what does that mean? It means suck it up, don't make excuses, mark your calendar, put a reminder on your phone, this is what I'm doing. I'm serving, I'm gonna serve. You know, we try to do it this way, like you can serve one and attend another or, you know, however, we're trying to make it like that. There's stuff where you can serve and you can still be a part of it. We, so I'm going to leave it to that and then we're going to like give it, get, we're going to call you to the ministry rally. But I want to challenge you to come higher. I want to challenge you to go further and I want to challenge you to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. Amen. Amen. So let me bless all those watching by live stream and then we'll dismiss the service. May the Lord bless you. So ministry rally people, get ready. But may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine down upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you in every way. And may he give you peace. And may you forever live within his favor. In Jesus' name. God loves you. We love you. Have a great week. Ministry rally. Yay.